Hello and thank you for logging on to the Memory Gauge, your new favourite Digimon card game podcast. I'm your host Connor and today we are going to be taking a look at the recent banned and restricted announcement. We'll be going over what's changed with these new banned and restricted cards, when these changes are actually going to take place and what it's going to mean for you and your decks. But first, some announcements. If you haven't already joined our Discord server, The Memory Gauge, now is a great time to do so. Throughout the month of January, we're running small-scale webcam tournaments on the Discord server because I've been wanting to run more events for all of you and I've got the time currently, so that's what we're going to do. We're having multiple events over the month in what I've been calling the January series. We're experimenting with different deck limitations, different formats, and there's a couple of chances to win one of our awesome Professor Dark Tyranimon playmats in a couple of different ways. Firstly, everyone who participates in one of these events will go into the draw to win a playmat and that will be drawn at the end of the month. The more events you participate in, the more chances you have to win. And then secondly, the winner of each event will get another chance to win a playmat as they will receive an entry in an exclusive winner's draw that will also be drawn at the end of the month. Entry is free. Our next event is a pauper format tournament. That means no super rares, no secret rares, and no promos. Only commons, uncommons, and rare rarity cards. The event will be kicking off at 6.30pm on Saturday, January 22nd EST. Or for my Oceania listeners, that's 10.30am on Sunday, January 23rd. Links to the Discord and to the event sign up on Limitless will be in the show notes of this episode, and I hope to see you there. But now to our main topic. This past week, Bandai has updated the banned and restricted card list. Now, for those of you who might not know, certain cards can become banned or restricted for play for various reasons. Mostly, it's if they turn out to be more powerful than Bandai was expecting. Now, before this new update to the list... Digimon had just two cards that were restricted. Uh, Restricted meaning you can only use a single copy of the card in your deck rather than the usual four. The two restricted cards we had before this update were Argomon Level 5 and Hidden Potential Discovered. Both of those cards were limited to one copy because being able to have four copies in your deck made decks too consistent and too powerful. Now, Bandai has seen that a number of more recent cards are maybe more powerful than anticipated and they have decided to restrict or, in one case, outright ban the cards from play. Mostly, these decisions seem to be based on the way that the cards have actually been performing in the Japanese version of the game, which is a few sets ahead of the English version. So if you don't think that the following cards have been a problem, that's probably because we haven't yet played in the environment that has made them a problem. Shortly, We'll go through each card, what it does, the official reason that Bandai has given for it being banned and restricted, and some of my own thoughts on those choices, although I can't do anything about it, so it doesn't really matter. First though, I did want to point out that although this banned and restricted list will apply for official events, so that's the official online tournaments, your official tournaments at your local game store, there is nothing stopping you from using these cards when you're just playing against your friends for fun casually. Just make sure that you ask if you can use these cards before starting the game because different people have different views on using banned and restricted cards in casual games. With that quality of life note out of the way, let's take a look at the new bans and restrictions. Firstly, 
Mega Digimon Fusion is banned as of February 25th, 2022. So that card is not restricted. It is outright banned. Now, for those who don't know, Mega Digimon Fusion is an option card from BT5. It's a white card. It costs zero to play. And its text reads, the next time one of your Digimon Digivolves from level 6 to level 7 this turn, reduce the memory cost of the Digivolution by 6. At the end of the turn, return the Digimon that Digivolved with this effect to the bottom of its owner's deck. Trash all the Digivolution cards of that Digimon. Now this is what Bandai had to say about why they decided to outright ban Mega Digimon Fusion. BT7112 Susanumon is a level 7 Digimon that can Digivolve from a Tamer, allowing you to use this card to Digivolve for free without the need for a level 6 Digimon, speeding up the metagame and restricting viable decks in the format. As such, we've decided to ban this card. Many games end in the early or mid game simply by using this card to Digivolve into a finisher, so we believe simply restricting this card will not be enough to fix the issue. For this reason, we're choosing to ban this card instead of restricting it. So this is what we mean when we say that some of these cards are banned or restricted, not because of what's happening now in English, but because of what's to come in from the Japanese meta. So in the next set, BT7, we're getting a new level 7 Digimon, Susanumon, that's very, very powerful, seeing a lot of play in a lot of different decks because it can actually digivolve from any color of Digimon. It can also digivolve from a Tamer. So with the addition of Mega Digimon Fusion, it is very, very cheap to get up from a Tamer card up into Susanumon. We've seen the Tamers aren't exactly very hard to get onto the field. They're hard to interact with. There's not many cards that can remove Tamer cards, so you can very, very quickly get up to this very, very powerful Susanumon card. And that was just too powerful for the version of the game that Bandai sort of wanted to have out there. Too many games were just ending Mega Digimon Fusion, Tamer into Susanumon, end of game. And if all games are ending the same way, if all decks are trying to win in the same way, that doesn't make for a very fun game. Everybody's basically playing the exact same cards, the exact same strategy. And as I've often said on this show, that's what makes uh, a game, that's what makes a game boring. So it was just too easy for Mega Digimon Fusion to win a game. So Bandai decided rather than restrict it, because even one copy, it's still a finisher card in your deck. So they decided you just cannot use it anymore. Now, I never really played with Mega Digimon Fusion. There were a few decks that used it that I never really played, like Lilith, Mon Loop, and a few other things. I haven't really seen much of the Japanese gameplay. I like to focus on the English uh, meta, so I don't really know how bad it got with the Mega Digimon Fusion. But taking a look at winning uh, decks from BT7, BT8 on websites like digimonmeta.com that collect tournament winning deck lists from around the world. It sure looks like Mega Digimon Fusion and Susanimon was just in everything. It was just such an easy win package to include in a deck. So I think this makes a lot of sense because if there's one thing I really personally don't like, it's when the game feels too samey across all the different decks. We need variety for the game to survive. So unfortunately, outright banning a card is not something I ever really want to happen. It feels bad when you've got a card that you just cannot play with any longer it makes people feel really bad for investing in the game i know i've seen a few 
posts from people saying, I just, in anticipation of Susanimon, I picked up a playset of Mega Digimon Fusion. Now I can't use it. It feels bad. I never really advocate for fully banning a card, but I can understand it in this particular circumstance. Now we're going to move on. We have also some new restrictions. So the first is reinforcing memory boost, which is restricted to only one copy in your deck as of February 25th, 2022. So the same day that Mega Digimon Fusion is banned, reinforcing memory boost also becomes restricted. Now let's take a look at this. This is another option card. It's a yellow option card. It costs six to play and it has two main effects. The first main effect says reveal the top two cards of your deck. Place one of them on top of your security stack face down, add the remaining card to your hand, then place this card into your battle area. And then it also has a delay effect, so on a later turn, you can trash this card in your battle area and gain three memory. So here's what Bandai had to say about that. This card proved considerably more powerful than the other memory boost cards and exceeded our power level estimations when used in specialized decks such as non-yellow multicolor control decks and D-Reaper decks. We believe the card is generally too powerful to be left unchecked and have decided to restrict it to one copy per deck. So notably, Reinforcing Memory Boost lets you add three memory rather than the two on any of the other that occurs on the um, the other Memory Boost cards. So already it is more powerful than the other Memory Boost cards. It's not considerably more difficult to get into play. It gets you a card into hand, so it replaces itself. It replaces a card on top of your security. You can choose which of those cards go where. So you actually get to choose what goes on top of your security. So this can be used to do things like place an Omnimon's Wart Defeat from the top of your deck on top of your security and then force your opponent to put it into play for you. You can draw a card to hand. You get an extra three memory on a later turn. Three memory being a huge boost, able to set you up for a huge explosive turn. And option cards aren't too hard to splash into different decks even if they don't necessarily match the color you can do things like have off-color digitama digi eggs you can have off-color tamers it's not hard to just splash in a yellow option card in this case into another deck now i don't know about the d reaper decks but i <laughs> i am vocally being not a fan of playing against security control where this card really really um saw a lot of play seen a lot of things online following this banned and restricted announcement saying people saying that security control is basically dead or is a lot weaker and I feel bad for those people who enjoy playing that particular archetype I know it's never fun when your deck gets hit and we'll talk about one of my favorite decks that's been hit by the restricted announcements a little bit later um it's never fun when a restricted announcement comes in and just weakens your one of your favorite decks but um I think I tend to agree that reinforcing memory boost, I think we all kind of knew that in those kind of security controlled decks, and I'm assuming in these D Reaper decks that are mentioned here, it's just too powerful, too easy to put in, and it just does too much for the deck. So limiting it to one, you could still play them. You can still play your one copy. It's just you can't play the full four and consistently get access to this effect. So it inhibits it a lot. And I think that puts reinforcing memory boost at a really nice spot. Next. Restricted to one copy also as of February 25th, 2022, Ice Wall. This is a card from the Classic Collection, which I believe as of the time of this, the release of this episode still is not released in the US yet. So this 
another case of a card being banned before we even have access to it. For those who don't know, Ice Wall is another, an option card. It's blue this time. It costs one to play and its effect reads, all of your opponent's Digimon gain when attacking, lose two memory until the end of their next turn. Now, Bondi had this to say about why they decided to restrict this card. Though performing as intended as a defensive card, using it every turn results in a lock situation that negatively impacts the speed of games. The resulting unenjoyable play patterns outweigh the benefits of the card's effect, so we've decided to restrict it to one copy per deck. So, Ice Wall was created as a defensive card. It was meant to help in your blue decks sort of protect you from your opponent, especially if they had a really wide board, like if they were doing Rookie Rush or just had a lot of Digimon on board. Ice Wall is a really good way to say, well, actually, it's going to cost two memory for each of these Digimon to attack, so you can probably only get one or two attacks in and sort of spare yourself a turn. The problem is when you've got four copies of Ice Wall, you can just sort of keep dropping that turn after turn after turn, and it really slows down the pace of the game. I've found it's not fun getting hit by an Ice Wall multiple turns in a row. Those of you who played back in the 1.0 days probably remember back-to-back Puppetmons, having that massive um, mega-level Digimon drop on you multiple times really slowed down the play of the game. Sometimes it caused you to lose the game out of nowhere, which is fair enough. It was a pretty powerful card, but Ice Wall is kind of doing the same thing as the old double-drop Puppetmon on a one-cost option card, which is just crazy. One cost you've got to watch out for because your turn doesn't end until you... Um, set the memory to one on your opponent's side. Your turn doesn't start until you have at least one memory. So you can always play a one-cost option. You've always got access to an ice wall as long as it is your turn and ice wall is in your hand. So very, very easy to play, very, very defensive. And as Bandai says, slows the game down a lot. So rather than have the four copies so you can back-to-back ice wall, really stretch out the pace of a game and slow it down too much because Digimon is kind of meant to be a quicker game. You're meant to be able to get through as we've seen, three games in about 50 minutes. So it's not meant to be a really slow, grindy game. I've seen playing Classic Collection that Ice Wall can potentially slow down a game a lot. I haven't seen that happen too much, but I don't play against Blue a lot. Blue is not represented pretty highly at my locals, but I have played online against Garby Bond, etc. that does use multiple Ice Walls, and it sucks. The game slows down considerably. So putting it to one, again, you've still got the opportunity to use it. You just can't use it back-to-back which I think is where they want to have this card. I think we this is one that everybody knew was coming because it is so annoying and so powerful. So I'm I'm in agreement with the majority here, I think, when I say that I'm not upset that you can only have one copy of Ice Wall in your deck. So that covers all of the cards that will be banned and restricted as of February 25th. We also have two cards that are going to be restricted a little bit later on, as of April 2022 actually on the website digimoncard.com which I'll link into the show notes so you can have a look at this for yourself it mentions that these cards will be restricted as of the BT08 pre-release so these cards are fine through BT7 but then as soon as we get access to BT08 cards these cards are restricted so let's take a look at what is now restricted Savior Huckmon is now restricted to one copy as of April 2022, as of the BT-08 pre-release. For those who might not know, Savior Huckmon is a level 5 red Digimon. It costs 7 to play, 3 to Digivolve. It has 7,000 DP. It has a main effect, 
and an inheritable effect. The main effect says, when digivolving, you may play one Digimon card with Systemon in its name from your hand without paying its memory cost. And its inheritable effect reads, when attacking, once per turn, if you have a Digimon with Systemon in its name in play, unsuspend this Digimon. So here's the reason given for Savior Huckmon being limited to one. Decks that use this card with BT6016 Jessmon have dominated the metagame for longer than anticipated, greatly limiting viable decks in red. For this reason, we've decided to restrict this card to one copy per deck. So basically what's happened here is that Jessmon, which is currently dominating the meta as a BT6, apparently in the Japanese meta just did not go away. It stayed the best red deck, one of the best decks in format even, all the way through to BT08 and beyond. Now, it's not good for the health of the game if one deck just stays the best over and over again. We all know that feeling, I'm sure by now, of looking forward to the next set drop because new cards come out, new strategies come out, old strategies that were dominant become weaker, counters are printed, the game shakes up, it becomes different, you get to play new things. It's boring if the game doesn't change. That's one of the fun things about a trading card game is that the game is always changing with new set releases and expansions. It's not fun when just one deck is the best deck over and over again. Now, I have to say, I've been playing Jessmon, I've been loving Jessmon. I'm a red player through and through. The fact that Jessmon is like a top-tier deck at the moment, that is music to my ears. I love being able to play a red deck and actually do really, really well at big events. But I will admit, it's not good if that deck just stays powerful. And I think Savior Huckmon is a good place to hit because Savior Huckmon gives Jessmon that unsuspend effect, which can cause it to just, with the right setup, uh, beat your opponent in one turn. They can go from full security or very nearly full security to just dead. You win because you can attack twice with that big Jessmon multiple security attack stack. So limiting the ability to do that unsuspend trick with the Savior Huckmon means that it's going to take a couple more turns. It slows the Jessmon deck down, makes it less consistent, less powerful. So Although I'm sad to see Jessmon go because I love the deck. I've been having a lot of fun playing with it. I think if it's still being played at the top of the meta come BT08, that's a real problem. And limiting Savior Huckmon at that point, I think that's a totally fine choice. I'll be interested to hear what you think in the comments. Uh, in the comments? Well, apparently we're a YouTube channel now. I'll be interested to hear what you guys think if you want to get back to me. Um... This one is one that's maybe a bit, bit controversial. People love red. People love the Jessmon deck. So I've seen a lot of people on either side of this one. So I do want to hear what you guys think. And the final card that's being restricted is a card that we don't even have access to yet. Um, it's not from the classic collection. It's from the next set beyond that. So take everything I say about this one with a grain of salt because I have no idea what the heck this thing is. Eismon BT7072 is going to be restricted to one copy as of the pre-release of BT08. Now, this is a purple level 4 Digimon. It costs 6 to play, 2 to Digivolve. It has 5,000 DP. It says, when you trash this card in your hand using one of your effects, if Eismon's scatter mode is in your trash, you may play this card without paying its memory cost. 
And then your turn for each Eismon scatter mode in your trash, this Digimon gets plus 2000 DP. Now this is what Bandai had to say about why they decided that Eismon needed to be limited. It says, using BT7072 Eismon and BT7069 Eismon scatter mode in tandem makes it easier than anticipated to cycle through your deck while playing Digimon to your battle area for free. Therefore, we've decided to restrict this card to one copy per deck. As I said, I haven't seen this card in action, but just reading it, I can see why they might want to limit it. All you need to do is get one copy of a Digimon Eismon Scatter Mode into your trash, which you're playing purple. You're going to be trashing cards from your hand, trashing cards from the top of your deck, having things die from your field. It's not hard to get a specific card into your trash, as we've seen with things like Three Musketeers. And then once you've got that scatter mode set up in your trash, which you can do just sort of incidentally, then every time you discard an Eismon from your hand to your trash, it actually just gets played to the field for free. You don't have to pay for it. You don't have to do anything else. And we've seen that sometimes you can discard cards from your hand just as an incidental effect. You attack with something and you just get to discard a card. So attack with something, play a level four for free that then gets a buff at least plus 1000 dp because you have to have at least one scatter mode in your trash possibly more so at the very least this thing is coming out for free and it's at 6000 dp which is on the upper end for a level four i can see why they might want to restrict this i can see where this could be something that goes maybe a little bit too quickly a little bit too nuts now i don't know exactly what is coming in bto8 it's interesting that this is totally fine to use as a 4-up through BT7, the set that it's released in, and then once BT08 hits, it becomes restricted. I don't know what's coming in BT08. Once we get there, maybe we can have a review of this, but just reading the card and kind of knowing the design space that Bandai has been playing in, I have seen a couple of the cards coming in future sets. I could see why they might need to limit this because as we've seen going through this list, and as I'm sure that you've all picked up on, one of the things that makes a card too powerful is when it gives you value for ch too cheap or for free. Getting free value is really, really bad. Mega Digimon Fusion had to be banned because you get a free Digivolution into something very powerful. That is too much value. It throws out kind of the economy of the game. When I say economy, I mean that certain effects cost a certain amount of memory, and that's kind of not necessarily written down anywhere. That's nothing we have access to. We can see it when we look at the cards though. And it's something I'm sure that the designers at Bandai have to keep in mind. This kind of effect costs about this much memory. Those all have to stay roughly the same. Otherwise that's when you get an unbalanced game. If you have the same effect for cheaper memory and no other added costs, then that's when cards get lost. That's when cards don't get played anymore. That's when you get really bad power creep, all those things that kind of shorten the length of a game and make it not as much fun to play. So you've got to really be careful that you're not giving away effects for too cheap. And all the cards on this list that we've talked about today, the main problem with them is that they're giving away effects for too cheap, either by themselves or in tandem with other cards. So that is the way that it stands so we're having a few cards be limited as of the end of February. Mega Digimon Fusion will be outright banned as of February 25th. And then come the BT08 pre-release, we're also going to have another couple of cards be limited. So a big change. We went from having two cards on the banned and restricted list to, I believe now, we're on 
seven cards on the band of restricted list and our first outright band card in mega digimon fusion that is a huge change and i'm sure that it's going to have a lot of people really thinking about the way that they um build their decks and play the game i know that knowing that the jessmon the savior huckmon band restrictions is coming is making me think about my jessmon deck and what i might want to do i want to commit to jessmon do i want to play something else um I'm starting to think about what I'm going to swap out those copies of Ice Wolf for because I've definitely got more than one in each of my blue decks and now I'm going to have to swap them out for something else. But it's good to see, I guess, if we can take anything away from this, it's good to see that Bandai's at least trying to keep on top of it with the ban and restricted. It's never fun when they have to ban or restrict anything, but at the very least they're willing to do it. They're willing to step in for the health of the game and to make tough decisions to keep the game healthy, keep the game fun. So I'd be more worried if they weren't doing this sort of thing. And I think it's the reasoning they've given. You can understand, you can kind of see where they're coming from. And I think it speaks well for the future health of the game at this stage that they're not stepping in too often, but when they are, they're making well thought out decisions as to which cards they need to restrict, which cards maybe. God forbid they need to ban. Alrighty, now you've heard enough from me. Now I would like to hear from you. Our listener question of the week is, what do you think about the new banned and restricted cards? Do you think that it's fair enough? All these cards should be restricted to one. Do you think that maybe some of the cards that were only restricted should be outright banned? Is there any card you expected to see on the banned and restricted list that wasn't there? I want to hear all your thoughts about this banned and restricted list. And if you have any questions, feedback, comments, or concerns, or an answer to that listener question, you can tweet at me at ConnorEFMG, email me at memorygagepodcast at gmail.com. You can join our Facebook group or Join our Discord server. Links to all that are in the show notes of this episode. And I am always happy to hear from you listeners. New episodes come out each and every week. So make sure that you're following the Memory Gauge podcast on your podcast service of choice so you can stay up to date. And hey, if your podcast service of choice allows you to rate and review the show, please consider doing so because it really does help us out a lot for two minutes of your time. Don't forget to sign up for this weekend's free January series event, over on Limitless, links in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening. This is the Memory Gauge, logging out.